Blessings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Superpowers of the Soul. This is Amorakai, and if you or someone you love struggles with a physical condition that seems impossible to treat, then you are in the right place. Today, we are talking with our inspiring guest, Therese Bowers, about resilience, hope, and cannabis. Therese has been on a 14-year wellness journey with her family, and it's been a profound journey that's equipped her with incredible insights and deep empathy as she now works to illuminate alternative paths to wellness for others. She's a certified medical cannabis coach and educator who is passionate about harnessing cannabis's transformative potential for body and soul. Her path, which includes leaving an authoritarian religious community in her youth, shapes her unwavering spirit and devotion to embrace wellness and to cultivate a positive mindset amidst all of life's challenges. Therese is just such a wonderful human being. She serves as a true beacon of resilience and hope, and I am absolutely overjoyed that she's here with us today to share her incredible story and some of her powerful and very practical insights for anyone who is in the struggle right now. I just adore her, and I'm so happy she's here. Therese, welcome to the show, love. Thank you so, so much. And I am so honored. What a privilege to be able to speak to your guests and to share my story. Thank you. Well, your sorp I mean, your story is just so inspiring. I could listen to it all the live long day. I'm so thrilled to be chatting with you today about resilience, hope, and cannabis, particularly because you're such an embodied living beacon of hope. You really are. Your story is so empowering. It's so relatable, but that light at the end of the tunnel sometimes that we all need uh, is, is really going to be woven into this episode, and I'm really excited for it. I'm especially eager to delve into your personal journey through this because there's so much wisdom and goodness there. But before we get deep into it, let's just start a, a little easier with our favorite opening question around here. And that is, let me ask you, what are, what would you consider are your superpowers of the soul, Therese, and how are you using them for good in your life right now? Oh, that's juicy. Superpowers <laughs> of the soul. Well, um, I know what my superpower of the soul is, which is so cool, but I actually know mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And it's my voice and it's my story. So I've been like envisioning this. I have something to say. And so this is where my my soul power comes from, is from what I have to say. Oh, that is the most powerful answer ever. I can feel so many people vibrating in relation to that. And even just modeling that is so powerful. How many of us can connect in with this yearning, this voice, this yearning to have something to say, and the strength and the energy and the power and the willingness to speak it for ourselves and others? How powerful. What a brilliant answer. Thank you for that, Angel. Yes, absolutely. Oh, well, I'm so excited to dive into it without uh, without interruption because I know you have something to say. I know how powerful it is. And I know that myself and so many other people in the world need to hear it and will be so served by hearing it. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to take our short break right now so we can get right into it without interruption when we get back. Just before we do that, honey, can you share with us the best place for people to go connect with you and find out more about you? 
Absolutely. My website really is the best place to meet me. And that's my name, Therese, T-E-R-E-S-E dot C-A. And when you go to my website, there's a button on the very first page that says start here. And that's where I encourage you to just start right there. Mm. Oh, I love it. Start here. Yes, please press that button. All right, everyone. You are listening to Superpowers of the Soul here on the Superpower Network. And we will be right back to get deep into resilience, hope, and cannabis with Therese Bowers in just a moment. It's a story you do not want to miss. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Director of Superpower Experts. If you're ready to activate your superpowers and turn your lifetime journey into the journey of a lifetime, go to superpowerexperts.com and get started today. Welcome back, everyone. This is Amora Kai. And if you're just tuning in, today we are talking with Therese Bowers about resilience, hope, and cannabis. Therese, your wellness journey is such a profound one, you know, and before we talk about all the goodness you're up to in the world today and all the hope you have to share with others, can we go back to the beginning? Are you willing to just take us back to where and when this journey really started for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. So I want to start in childhood and with my upbringing I grew up in a fundamental Christian cult, uh, which taught me that my voice was not allowed and that my beauty was not invited and that my divine purpose was not welcome. And it always felt so odd that what am my purpose here? My purpose is to be a baby making machine and to serve my husband. And so I tried that. I, I tried it for a number of years. And um, ended up my body telling me very clearly that this was not the path for me. (laughs) That's one thing about the body. I have found that the body will not lie. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm so grateful now that I can hear it Mm -hmm. and that, um, that I came back to the place of being able to say, Hey, wait a minute, my voice does matter. And Mm -hmm. my soul purpose is important. And my beauty is I can embrace my beauty as can everybody else as um, beautiful, sacred beings in this earth. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So how did your body start talking to you before you could even learn to listen? Mm-hmm. So it really came through with one of my children, my daughter, when she was nine years old, she became her, her health began to decline and um, she stopped being able to go out for bike rides and walks and eating. And just the smallest amount of activity was just exhausting her to no end. Mm-hmm. And so we took her in to the doctor just to see what's going on. And, and the doctor said that her pancreas was shutting down and she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Oh, at nine. At mm-hmm. nine. Yes. Mm-hmm. What a game changer. What mm-hmm. a game changer. We were already in a really healthy lifestyle. We had, we lived an organic living lifestyle and we're already really, you know, learning to connect to the earth. And this was just so shocking because it seemed out of the blue and it seemed not to really connect with our lifestyle. 
but nevertheless, that's what was happening. And um, it really called me to, to be her full-time caregiver at nine years old. It was like having a newborn again. And that, that combination of caring for her 24 seven. And um, I also was um, just joining a new family, a new blended family at that time as well. And um, brought on two more children. So we had four children total and I was not doing well. I was sleeping a lot during the day, two to three hours during the day. Uh, I was up a lot at night and uh, was homeschooling the children, but I, I just couldn't keep all the balls in the air. That's a lot and of balls. It was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she was the most important one because her life was at stake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And my symptoms, my body started to, to decline as well. And I was getting multiple symptoms throughout my body, tingling and extreme fatigue and low mood and just lack of motivation for life. So my primary purpose was just, let's just keep her alive. And, and really I just kind of had to forget about me for a while, uh, which came to the point where I couldn't forget about me anymore. Mm-hmm. And how was long, di- Sorry. How long did you live like that? So that was, it wasn't that long. It probably was about six months before I started investigating what was going on. Okay. And so you went and investigated and what did you find out? Yes. So I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm. Uh, Yeah. And I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this with four children and homeschooling and, um, and all the things. And being a primary caregiver for your young daughter with type one diabetes, who is like a newborn all over again. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you, how do you, my goodness. How do you, how do you, how do you, okay. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So I struggled along for years and um, I, I didn't, I didn't, I just had this piece of does chronic fatigue syndrome have to be with me forever? Do I always have to, is this it? Is this it? And there was something inside of me that was like, no, this is not it. <laughs> and that led me to deep diving and researching and trying treatments and going down every rabbit hole I could to try and figure out how to move past this and how to figure out why this was, this was in my life. Can I just pause to bow down so deeply to you for the questions that you chose to ask yourself? Those are brilliant questions. And we seek the answers to the questions that we ask. So our power is often in those questions. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Mm. Anyways, brilliant. Okay. Then what? Yeah. Then um, I was in this search for trying to have a fuller life. Uh, I was talking to somebody and they were, they were commenting to me, well, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. (laughs) Uh, And that's really, really stuck with me because I was like, why bother having a cake if you can't eat it? Another brilliant question. (laughs) So, yeah, so I'm I'm just like, let's dive into this. Let's let's find out how you can make your cake, have your cake and eat it and enjoy it and have everything that life has has brought to me uh, and be able to embrace it. Mm. And so I continued journeying on um, researching about health and wellness, being an advocate for my daughter. And uh, so where are we at? So she's nine. And then about six years later, my son, who was 14 at the time, it was his turn. 
And he started presenting with severe migraine pain and severe fatigue, bedridden, pain ridden, just, it was, it was just shocking, just shocking what his body was going through. He was 14. And by the time he was 16 was diagnosed with Lyme disease. Oh no. And so throughout his teen years, I'm like, okay, let's just Again, just believing this isn't the end for him. This is not the end. Let's let's find our way. Let's hold space for this peace that's coming um, in for us now. And just, it was anguishing. It's just, it was anguishing. Sure. Just wanting, wanting health for my children mm-hmm. and navigating these chronic, complex illnesses. I can't uh, even imagine. I can't even imagine. The children are one thing, but navigating all that while navigating your own at the same time, mm-hmm. my goodness, you really were forged in the fire. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Okay. But I've always been called stubborn and I've translated that <laughs> now into independent and strong and, and not yes. giving up the ability. Yes. Not to give up. Relentless. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that reframe. I might borrow that if I may love it. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So there we are. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we did a lot of healing modalities for my son. Um, just tried different ways of shifting this within his body. And it ended up being the one thing that gave him the most life back was the energy and prayers of people. Oh, wow. And I, he was, he was doing a lot of different kind of um, treatments. He was doing some light therapy. He was working with a naturopath and working with some herbs and things and just supportive modalities. But when push came to shove, there was Mm. a moment where I was like, we can't do this on our own and Mm. we need more, more energy healing. So I put a call out to my community and about a hundred people showed up at the same time on, on, in their virtual spaces and began to send healing energy to him. Oh, how powerful. The house was literally standing off of its foundation. And I, I went to check on him. He was in bed and I, I, I'm like, it's coming. It's coming. You need to prepare yourself. You need to ground yourself. This, The energy is coming. Mm. And it came and it arrived and it was potent and powerful and, and you could feel it. And that day he got up out of bed oh, and his wow. pain did not come back. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, we we still had more to go. So we this this was a piece of the puzzle. But that pain piece, sweetheart, yes. that pain piece is yes. such a key piece. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and for uh, your child. Oh. That brings tears to my heart. It really does. It really does. Okay. Yeah. What next? So, um he by that time he was like, you know, I'm good for a while. I just want to coast for a bit. We've been doing so much um, and focusing so much on his health that he just wanted to coast. And he still was homebound, but not bedbound anymore. So he still had uh, challenges going out in public with fatigue and anxiety and just, um, yeah, just really, really low energy. So we moderated that for a while until um, this year this uh 2023 in the winter and he's he said okay i think i'm ready to do the next step 
And that was going on a, a, a traditional uh, Lyme treatment protocol, which um, which worked for him. So a couple of months of his Lyme treatment protocol. And by the spring this year, he said to me at 21, he's 21 years old now. He said, mom, I, I want to move. No, I want to move out. And I'm like, you you do? Like, I thought you'd be living here forever. <laughs> oh, what a celebration. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, and he phenomenal. moved out. Oh. Yes. And how's he doing? He's doing really well. He ha- he his he's exploring his passions, mm-hmm. and uh, which revolve around cannabis, of course. Okay. Yes. And so so yeah. wait, what role did cannabis play in his recovery? Yeah, I just realized that I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. go there. So let's go back a little bit to how it yeah. came in for me because it really mm-hmm. ties into how it came in for him. So during that um, that intense time of me not being able to sleep, um, having a lot of fatigue, mood issues, anxiety issues, just all the things, I felt this calling by the cannabis plant. I'd never consumed cannabis before. I didn't know anything about it because remember in my upbringing, everything mm-hmm. was a sin. Yes. And so I, I, I didn't know, I didn't mm-hmm. know anything about it, but um, in the community that I lived in, cannabis is pretty relevant. There's a lot of people that grow it and use it as medicine um, where I'm from in BC. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just felt this calling, like she was calling to me to give me a try, give her a try. And so I did, I asked my husband about it and he, he conjured up some, some cannabis and we rolled up a joint one night put the kids to bed and went out to the garden in the hammock and lit up that joint. And I took my first virgin puff and it was incredible. The awe and the ease that came over my body was like, Oh my God, why has this been hidden for me my whole life? This feels Mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic. I can, I can feel myself for one. I can see the stars, the stress of my shoulders just instantly lifted and I also felt a bit of, I could actually sleep now. And insomnia that often was tied into the chronic fatigue uh, just dissipated with the cannabis. Mm-hmm. So I was able to use utilize it for sleeping, whereas I couldn't use sleeping pills and things like that because they would put me to, in such a deep sleep state that I sleep state that I couldn't be awake enough to care for my daughter. Uh uh-huh. Okay. But I learned how to titrate the cannabis and, and work my dosing so that I could take it to fall asleep. And then it would wear off and I would be able to get up, tend to her, have a couple more puffs, go to sleep. And I really found this rhythm with it that kept me able to be, um, to still be a, a caregiver for my daughter. Hmm. And I so can't imagine what a miracle that must've felt like at that yes. point. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just like, okay, all right, I need to know more about this plant. And mm-hmm. so that's when I really started diving into it, studying it, researching it, um, trying different methods of, of intake and different strains and, and just all the things. Mm-hmm. And it began to be, so around the time that my son was um, having his health issues, I began to be more open with the children about it. Before that, I didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. I hid it in the closet and I never consumed during the day because I don't want didn't want anyone to ever know just that whole stigma and shame that mm-hmm. uh, surrounds cannabis at times. Mm-hmm. And so I was listening to a podcast and I didn't think my son was listening, but he was. It, mm-hmm. it was about cannabis. And after the podcast, he said to me, mom, would cannabis help my Lyme? And I was like, 
Oh, I don't know. Let's see. So we went through and got a pediatric prescription for him and mm-hmm. started working with cannabis. And the things that impacted him the most were his appetite. So he didn't eat very well at all. But if mm-hmm. he consumed cannabis, he could eat and he could get better sleep. And it helped to take a bit of the edge off of his pain. And it also stabilized his mood. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. That's yes. key. There are wow. many, many moments that I thought as a teenager with Lyme disease, bedridden mm-hmm. and in pain, mm-hmm. how long is he going to be on this earth of his own choice? Of course. Yeah, of course. Wow. Wow. Yes. yes. So I really feel that cannabis tethered him here, gave him that little bit of hope, gave him mm-hmm. a little bit of that blissful feeling in the body that yeah. to, to keep him here and keep him um, journeying through. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't even imagine how you all must have felt after, because when you say you did all the things, I mean, I know people say that all the time, but I know you really did all the things. When I hear all the things you have tried and adhered to and complied with and driven and traveled to and invested in, I mean, you investigated near everything I can think of to name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For all of us. Yeah. Yes, for all three for of the us. the whole yeah. family, not yes. just me. Yeah. I yeah. hear you. Yeah. Wow. 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 Okay. So for those of us that don't know anything about it, can you talk a little bit about cannabis? Can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about the stigma versus the healing effects, the ways it's consumed, the different strains? I mean, some people don't know the difference between anything and they just think that, you know, you get something off the street and roll a joint with it and it's a drug mm-hmm. and it's not good for you and all these things. So can you just give us the the bare bones of education yeah, on it? Absolutely. Well, cannabis has been our plant medicine for a long time before, like our ancestors used cannabis for medicine. Queen Elizabeth was prescribed cannabis tinctures for her menstrual cramps. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah the things mm-hmm. you just don't know mm-hmm. yes 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 and it was it was in the pharmacies they would have bottles of cannabis tinctures in the in the pharmacies and you could utilize it for aches and pains for arthritis for inflammation for sleep for menstruation for just so many ways that it could support our bodies mm-hmm. and criminalization came in 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 the early um in the early 1920s there's just something going on with our government. I won't get into it, but basically Mm -hmm. it was like, let's stop this healing plant. And they did, they criminalized it and they taught us that it was evil, that we would um, probably jump out of windows and kill ourselves. We would become insane. and We wouldn't be able to live our lives. Well, we wouldn't be able to live the way the government wants us to live our lives. Sorry. (laughs) And, um, and so it was, it was taken off of our availability and, but people still consumed it. And that's where kind of the stigma came in as well is because we have the hippie culture of people consuming cannabis and freeing their lives and, and kind of, uh, you know, moving out of the systems that we've established. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so for some reason, I don't know etherically what happened, but for some reason in Canada, uh, cannabis became legal and we we're bringing it back on as a mainstay for our, for our medical, um, for medical treatments and for working with us in all aspects of our being. 
One of the reasons that it works so well in our bodies is because we have a system within our body called the endocannabinoid system. Which it's is like, wild. That's yes. just wild. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's, Talk it's, about that. It's important. Yeah. Okay. It's yes. like any other system, our respiratory system, our cardiovascular system, except that it wasn't discovered until the nineties. The and so our medical system is a little behind in learning about how this, this all works. So this system is like the master regulator for the body. It wants to bring balance and homeostasis back into the body. So we don't look to it. If we're having issues in other areas in our body and we don't look to our endocannabinoid system, how are we going to balance and bring that healing in? We need to go through the endocannabinoid system first. And so we don't have to have cannabis to access the the ECS. I'll abbreviate it to the ECS. Mm -hmm. We actually make our own cannabinoids. So cannabinoids are parts of the cannabis plant, but we also have cannabinoids in our own bodies. They're called endocannabinoids because they're made within the body. These cannabinoids, the first one is called um, 2-AG and the second one is called anandamide, which in Sanskrit means, get this. Oh, I know. Bliss. We create, we are in uh, to create bliss within our own bodies yeah yeah and, and we know it right we know yes. it we yes. know we're supposed to feel that way that's why we're searching yes. for it in all these things yes we know it's our yes. birthright it's it, natural yes. mm-hmm. to be without that is is the unnaturalness and the pain and all of that mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. oh how beautiful oh say yeah. more this is okay. so good So in our current environment and how we live on this planet, our endocannabinoid system could be, could use a little bit of help Mm -hmm. and it might not be producing enough endocannabinoids for what we need to keep us in that bliss state and, and to, or tricks to keep us accessing that bliss state. We don't have to be in bliss all the time, but we need to know how to access it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, and so we're noticing deficiencies within our and within these cannabinoids that we need. And so that's where we can look to cannabis to to supplement our own endogenous cannabinoids. So um, cannabinoids like THC and CBD, you may have heard of those. Those are the two main cannabinoids that the cannabis plant produces. And they can act similarly to our own endogenous cannabinoids by helping us to reach bliss, by helping us to reduce. And how do we reach bliss? Reduce pain, get a good mm-hmm. night's sleep, reduce mm-hmm. stress, have movement and, and exercise within our bodies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's, so cannabis can, it, it just kind of opens up as to more like, well, I'm going to take it to, to reduce my pain. Actually, no, you can take it to reduce your pain so that you can be in balance and homeostasis and have more experiences of bliss within your life. Mm. I love this. Can you speak more about this system a little bit? I mean, oh, I, I can understand, and I'm sure most of us can understand our respiratory system is made up of this and that, and it's responsible for this and that. We understand our hormones, our endocrine system. This was discovered, you said, only in the 90s? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And we may be a little low in making our own. What are the things that affect that? Are there things other than the cannabis plant that helps enhance it? What is it in the system? Is it, what is it? Is it attached to organs? Like what what does it actually look like if I'm looking at it on a picture? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I wish I do have a picture actually. Yeah. Um, Paint us a picture as best you can. Okay. Okay. Hard on the audio. Or go go to your site and look it up, but try and recreate it. I want to have a video if I can. Yeah. Okay. So 
um, we have receptors throughout this endocannabinoid system within our body. And these receptors reside in different organs within our, in, within our bodies. So we have our CB1 receptor and we have a CB2 receptor. And I actually need to bring it up myself because I want to make sure that I'm, that I'm sharing with you all the, all the places where these receptors live and which um, and where the cannabinoids um, bind to them. So I'm bringing it up right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so these receptors, the CB1 and the CB2 receptor. Uh, oh my gosh, I want to bring it up. I want to bring it up. Mm-hmm. I'm, just looking, I'm just looking. I'm just looking. Okay, here it is. I didn't even know. I mean, I knew of it, but I really don't have an in-depth understanding and I don't have a visual. And so to even understand that there's receptor sites in me, like I know I have receptor sites for all kinds of things, good things, and sometimes not so good things take up the space in those sites, right? Like There's all kinds of locks and keys going on in our systems. And to have conscious awareness of this one seems particularly empowering. So please, thank you. Absolutely. So the CB1 receptor is found in our brain, spinal cord, lungs, vascular system, muscles, GI tract, and reproductive organs. Our CB2 receptors are found in the spleen, endocrine system, reproductive system, bones, and the skin. And both are found in immune system, liver, bone marrow, and pancreas. So. Seems important then. A little important. Yes. (laughs) Wow. So wherever, if you imagine you're having GI issues, well, we have receptors in there that THC can bind into. Let's say you're having um, a topical uh, rash on your skin. Well, we have CB2 receptors on our skin. Maybe you're having an autoimmune flare. Well, we have CB1 and CB2 receptors in our immune system. Wow. Wow. Now, chronic fatigue, is that categorized as an autoimmune? Yes. Uh Mm Uh-huh. So in your experience, this is really powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. I always wondered why, like I I certainly have had symptoms of chronic Mm -hmm. fatigue syndrome and managed that really, really well with my self-care, with my cannabis and with all the things. And Uh I never had as severe symptoms as many of my, my, many of my other fellow spoonies is what we call each other. And Mm -hmm. And I always wondered why. And I do believe that it's because I have cannabis in my receptors and I have that support to my endocannabinoid system. So you wanted to know what else you can do to support Mm -hmm. your your ECS. And there are lots of other things you can do. So a healthy body creates a healthy endocannabinoid system. So Mm -hmm. we look at the foods that we take in. Are we taking in whole foods? Are we being conscious of what we're eating and using food for medicine, not for stifling? Mm-hmm. Are we looking at movement, um, keeping our body active and moving and so that we're getting energy into this system? And we're looking at um, stress management. So uh, keeping our stress management low and our self-care high. We're looking at water, all the things to a natural, healthy lifestyle also support the endocannabinoid system. Okay. Hmm. That's so fascinating. I love this so much. Can we, can we dive deep into food for just three minutes here? Yeah. Because I love 
what you said at the beginning, because I feel like it's such a relatable state to be in. You said something to the effect, and I'll just paraphrase, that we were living this healthy, organic living lifestyle. And I was so confused why I was going through this autoimmune issue and these these health issues when I was living what I thought to be quite a healthy lifestyle. And I know so many people experiencing a variation of that same thing. And with all the info out there, all the possibilities, I feel like so many of us are always looking for that one size fits all, that one key. Oh, this person's done it. Oh, it's this. Oh, I just eat watermelon. Oh, I just eat raw food. Oh, I just eat raw milk. I just do this and that. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because I feel like you really have some wisdom to share there. Oh, I love, I love this. I love this. (laughs) Yeah, me too. It's real important. Real important. Because I did that. That was me for so, so long. I tried everything. I traveled the world. I spent, I don't even know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on me and my family trying to find a way to heal Yeah, and not knowing. And I'm doing all the things. And every day I'm like, today I'm going to find the magic bullet. Today I'm going to find the magic bullet. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I found it. (laughs) And that is the moment that I found me. Mm. my intuition, my desires, what my heart is telling me. Yeah. That was, that was it. That was the pivotal moment. I stopped searching for all the things outside of me. And I went in and discovered me, the beautiful and enchanted being that, that was created to be here on this earth. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So it sounds so simple. And that's the other piece that I'm learning is that it is really quite simple. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how the simplest things are usually the things and as simple as they are, for some reason, they're never the easiest. They're yeah. never the first on the list. You know, it's like we go, we go on this chase, we go on this journey, we go into all the complexities and we come home to the simple truth that, you know, maybe it's an inside out job. And maybe it's not about finding the magic bullet out there. It's relearning how to listen and trust our inner instincts. And, you know, I've struggled with this myself. I know so many people that struggle with this, especially when you're really indoctrinated or when something has helped you in the past, you know, and you're in a different stage of life. You're a different being. You're in a different cellular journey than you were a decade ago, three decades ago. And so letting go of the ideas that um, it has to be raw food, it has to be brown rice, it has to be this thing, it has to be that thing, you have to follow the ancient hoodoo voodoo way, you have to follow the, you know, whatever's new, and just stop and listen within, even if it goes against something that's been really true for you. And I know for many people, um, something as simple as, well, you can probably speak to this, you want to talk about meat for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. Because this is the one. Let's talk about meat for someone who didn't eat meat for many years and believed that it was, and not you, but I mean, I know so many people that meat was the worst thing and it was acidifying and it was destroying and it was heart clogging and it was the, you know, death's door and just don't eat that, do anything but eat meat and do all these other things. And yet their health problems got worse. Yeah. And worse and worse and worse instead of better. And they had to challenge this innate belief, their whole belief system. I mean, there's so much there, so much there. Can we talk about your journey through that? Because it's really inspiring. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I did, I did a lot of experimenting with food and, um, started out as raw and vegan and paleo and AIP autoimmune protocol. And I landed on carnivore three over three. Oh yeah. Almost four years ago. So carnivore is a process of eating mostly meat. And I, it took me three months to actually decide to do it because I like, this is absolutely crazy. Why would I ever want to eat only one food group and why would it be meat? Uh, well, yes, of all the things that we've been taught about. <laughs> all the things, yes. <laughs> and so, but again, out of, you know, like, let's try it. Let's, let's see if this is the magic bullet. Mm-hmm. And um, I tried it and I had such incredible healing uh, within a week of trying it that I was like, this is it. This is it. I, f- I found, I found my Holy grail mm. and continued carnivore for, for, th- for over three years. And more this is new information for you yes i'm no longer carnivore yeah <laughs> talk to us about that because that's the real key that is the yes. real key as far as i'm concerned is that level of self-trust intuition fluidity and being able to grow and move yes. instead of stuck oh please say more yes yes one thing you said to me uh, years ago we were in costa rica together and uh-huh. you said to me one day you'll be able to eat a mcdonald's hamburger <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, why would I ever want to eat a McDonald's? Hamburger? That's right. Yes. Only because it proves that I can, I can be a full human being and I can make choices and I don't have to believe that the suffering, that was it. That was the only reason just, just not that I'm endorsing reason. McDonald's. Hamburgers. Of course. No, it was never an endorsement. It was <laughs> exactly what we're talking about here. <gasps> yeah. Oh, honey. Wow. Oh, I'm so, so this um so in this summer uh i got really sick and my carnivore wasn't working anymore and i couldn't even eat anything i was losing weight i'd lost about 11 pounds i'm not that big to begin with and i was failing and i i i didn't know what to do i went to my doctor and i was diagnosed with SIBO small intestinal uh, bacterial overgrowth and uh, I was so sick. I didn't think I could do the antibiotic treatments. Mm-hmm. So I did a, a really intense treatment uh, called the elemental diet. So this was another diet, another food related treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was the elemental diet is all about going off of food and only taking medical supplements to sustain yourself. So I was making a, a smoothie out of amino acids, a bit of fat and some carbohydrates, uh, not food source, but just nutrients. Wow. And when the uh, when the when the opportunity was presented to me to to do this and to take to go off of food, um, I think most people would be horrified. But I was not. I was thrilled. Hmm. Ever since I was a little girl, I've wanted to not have to eat. Hmm. It felt like an inconvenience, and I'd much be rather doing other things and probably was having a lot of GI issues back then as a child and didn't know. And just all of that accumulated into this opportunity to be like, you mean I could be, I could, I could be 21 days without food. Like this is my, this is my biggest dream. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I, and I did it and it was, it was excruciating. It was painful. Every day was uh, a challenge in my, in my mental well-being and in my physical well-being. And um, I called in a lot of supports and I took the whole month of July off to 
just to heal. That was it. I'm healing my mind, body, and my spirit. And after coming off of the elemental diet, my um, my SIBO subsided a bit. Some other issues came up, which I'm still working on. And I totally believe that that would be healed in no time at all. Mm-hmm. After coming off the carnivore, after coming off elemental, I had the choice. Am I going back on carnivore or am I going to go back on whole foods? And I decided to go back on whole foods mm-hmm. with a new belief system, with a new yeah. way of believing that my body can nurture itself with the food that I'm giving it because I am giving it the most pristine food mm-hmm. and infused with such love that it can't not be nurtured by this food. Mm-hmm. So I'm eating, uh, I'm eating most foods. I still have a few of no touch foods and I'm okay with that. We don't all have to eat all foods. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. But I have a plethora of wonderful yeah. foods to choose <laughs> that are healing and nurturing for my body. Oh, honey. I love every single thing about that story. And the thing that I love the most is the energy of bliss pouring through you as you talk about it, as you talk about your experience with food now, with your body now, your willingness to be in that fluidity, and also the connectivity between all aspects of yourself. I find that so much of this starts with compartmentalizing ourselves and chopping ourselves up and dealing with my left leg over there and my mental thoughts over here and my work over here and my liver over there. Instead of this holistic connectivity, I took a month for mind, body, and soul healing. I'm listening to myself. Am I going back to this? Am I going forward into that? You're on an ever-evolving, expanding journey in full alignment with your own agency, your own intuitive knowing without making yourself wrong in every moment for the the ever-evolving changes that are inevitable. Welcome to this thing called life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amazing. I love it. Okay. I could speak with you forever and a day. I so appreciate you. I love everything you have to share. Before we begin to start wrapping up this epic conversation that I, I, I sincerely pray does spark hope, does give rejuvenation, does, does give this this rainbow of of resilience and opportunity and just to anybody listening at home that is going through anything whether within their own bodies or within those of their family members and their friends and the people that they love most in the world anyone struggling with low energy with fatigue with a health crisis with achy bones and joints and pains and migraines and things that restrict them and constrict them and you know sleep issues and GI issues and digestive issues and things that make you feel all the things you know how it feels i know how it feels yes. it feels awful yeah. it feels debilitating it feels shameful it feels like punishment it feels annoying it feels invasive i could go on and on for those that are listening where do I start? Where do I start? You start with your breath. It's just simple. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really, really connecting to your breath, listening and feeling it. Because that's where our life force comes in. And that's where our being lives. If we don't have breath, we're not here anymore. 
That is the one thing that keeps us here. That's where the divine energy comes in is through the breath. So whatever that looks like to you, it might be just put a timer on and three times a day you stop, close your eyes or keep them open and put your hand on your, on your, on your heart and on your belly and just say hello to your breath. Hello breath. You can be, it can be one single breath, but you might want more than one. Mm-hmm. And just start there. Just start there. <laughs> yeah. Start there. Start there. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, sweetheart. I thank you so, so much. And I got to say, actually, just before we wrap, one other thing. This can be as challenging to to open ourselves to the possibility of plant medicine when there has been so much stigma and indoctrination and and I would also say misuse would you yes absolutely you right but yes. but misuse we're not talking about a street drug we're not talking about checking out of life we're not even talking necessarily about smoking anything right there's many different ways yep. to ingest these different things and Can you speak actually for just one more minute on that difference? There is a difference. Everybody, not everybody, that's that's not what I meant to say at all. I have spoken to many people who feel like marijuana is marijuana is marijuana. Pot and all these other names is cannabis, is plant medicine, is what I would ingest in a tincture, in an oil, in a gummy, in a joint, in a smoke. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. right absolutely it's not true so there's a there is another simple piece to this great if you're consuming marijuana or weed or pot you're going to get the experience that marijuana weed and pot brings you if you're consuming cannabis with intention you're going to get a totally different experience Cannabis responds to our intention and where we tell it where to go. So if you tell it, come on, pot, I want to get high. Guess what? You got that. But if you say, oh, sacred cannabis plant, I really need need some more ease in my back. Cannabis is like, okay, great. Let's do that. (laughs) Simple. Yeah. Absolutely simple. Profoundly simple. The power of intentionality with everything. Oh, sweetheart. What an empowering and inspiring conversation. I so appreciate you. I appreciate your journey. I appreciate your family's journey and all that they have gone through and are so willing to share and be living models of today. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being here with us today, for sharing so much of your wellness journey and your precious families. And so very generously, you really are a beacon of hope and resilience. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for listening to my voice and having a platform for it to be heard. That is so, so just, it's just beyond words for me. I am just so appreciative. Yes. Oh, deepest, deepest honor and gratitude. Absolutely. Oh, all right, everyone. Thank you all for being here with us today too. As always, I hope today's episode serves your highest possible good and it empowers you with ever increasing hope and resilience along your own journey through this thing called life. Until next time, everyone, keep unlocking your own superpowers of the soul and put them to great use, building a life and a world you love. 
Bye for now, everyone. We'll see you next time.